natives of the elemental plane of fire, Azers are master crafters, expert miners, and sworn foes of the Afrit. Welcome to the Game Master's Grimoire, an A to Z guide on D&D monsters, with Game Master number one, Gareth. Say hello, Gareth. Hello, I'm Gareth. And Game Master number two, Sean. Say hello, Sean. Hello, Sean. <laughs> and the intern today, which is me, Chloe. Uh, we're now going to, I'm now going to hand you over to Sean, who's going to talk about the law of today's monster. Alright, so a little bit about uh, Aza, if this is your first time hearing about them. Um, they're basically dwarven in appearance, but they're elementals. So they have okay. kind of metallic bronze skin, and their beards and hair, like you imagine a typical, like, stereotypical dwarf. Okay. Their massive beards and hair are made of fire. Oh, interesting. So they're they're fire steel dwarves. Mm. Okay, right. Okay, picturing it. Oh, Gareth's kind of showing me a photograph of what one of them looks like. <laughs> it kind of looks like a Santa Claus with a troll hairstyle, but it's on fire. Oh, yeah, like troll doll. A troll doll. Yeah, that's what it looks like. Fascinating. Okay, right. Well, what is the law of these creatures? Yeah, so um, as mentioned in the intro, they are natives of the elemental plane of fire. Right. And even though they kind of look like male dwarves, they're actually, that's just kind of like a shell. So they have this metallic bronze skin, but underneath it is actually, their interior is really just flame. So one of the most notable things in their lore in their history is that it was the Azer who actually helped the Ifrit to build the famed city of brass. Sorry to interrupt there Sean. The famed city of brass? What? Yes so the if the Ifrit who are the fire genie right. uh, who live in the elemental plane of fire they famously live in a massive beautiful city called the city of brass and it was the Aza that helped them build it right. because they are master crafters and miners. Okay. Of course, after they finished building the city, the Ifrit wanted to protect the secret passageways and other secrets of the city. And so they either tried to kill or enslave all of the Aza to keep their secrets safe. Okay. But of course, it didn't quite work out that way. And... Oh, I was just going to say, it's one of the things that's really cool about that particular detail is it makes for a very good plot hook for high-level characters who might be doing an adventure in the City of Brass is trying to find Aza who may be able to assist them with sneaking about in this, what is very dangerous place for player characters who might not necessarily be on side with the Ifrit because the Aza have this knowledge. Oh, I see how, okay, I'm seeing how they can implement into a campaign now. Alright, very good. Do we have any other things on Yeah, another very interesting little tidbit about them is that they do not reproduce. They actually make new Aza by crafting them from bronze and then imbuing that new shell with a portion of the crafters in a flame. So they do kind of have a lineage, I guess, because it's a piece of themselves as being poured into this new being, yeah. but they don't reproduce in the typical biological sense. All right, well, these guys are sounding pretty lit. Um, I'm really interested to hear about their mechanics. <laughs> over, over to you, Gareth, and the mechanics. So, I'll pop over some of the mechanics here. 
As Sean said, the Aza are actually constructed out of bronze, so they are quite hardy individuals from the get-go, as they are a combination of living fire and metal. So they naturally have quite high ACs and constitutions to resist damage and attacks. Yeah. They're sturdy little guys. Yeah. They also have uh, natural immunities to fire and poison because they are elemental in nature, so they don't necessarily need to breathe. And being that they are living fire, burning them isn't going to be a particularly effective methodology, which also makes them very good at going into dangerous locations that involve fire. Yes. As within their lore, they describe as living in volcanoes quite often. Yes. <laughs> That's interesting. They're sounding a bit like my dad. I don't know that you guys know, but my dad was a firefighter. And he always said, always approach things with fire. So always fight fire with fire. He made him terrible at his job. Absolutely terrible. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's, please tell me more about the mechanics of these well, I feel like he told us the punchline to that joke before he told <laughs> yeah, us I the totally question. I did. Yep. Because <laughs> I'm so fun and silly. <laughs> Funnily enough, it actually does segue very nicely to the next point, which is because they are living flames, they heat their own weapons and their bodies. So in a fight, they're quite dangerous because they have their any weapon they wield will deal the basic damage of a weapon plus a bit of fire damage. Wow! And if someone hits them physically, yeah. they are burned because they're very hot. There you go. Hot to touch. Yeah, these guys are 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 very hot. And a funny little side point is because they are fire, they also let off a little campfire of illumination around themselves which they don't really have specific control over. So they're not very good at sneaking up on a group of people because you'll see them coming from a mile away as, hey, look, the torches are... Pro oh, they're the people. The people yeah. of the torches. They're just too lit, these lads. Like, they're, they're just too, too much heat to one party. But yeah, they're a fun enemy as far as their mechanics for a fight with those kind of things. But narratively, their role generally sits more in the utility place of... They're quite good because they are master artisans. Yeah. They tend to be someone who you'd want to be allies with because they can make you things or they will have valuables that if you work for them, they might give you. Alternatively, if your party's of the more slash and grab variety, they'd also be a good target for a raid because they yeah. would have lots of magic items and lots of jewels and gold and things within their hordes from people who paid them for previous work. And so raiding upon their homes. Almost sounds like the makings of an adventure pitch. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> so I do have one question though. If they are so lit and when they touch like gold and like diamonds and etc. Do they just become ignited and are they able to smelt them and melt them into various different things? It's not specifically just in their stat block. I think the assumption would be they're not that hot as to actually melt okay. metal. As their own bodies are metal themselves, so if they were hot enough to smelt things from their own body, they wouldn't be able to sustain a metallic structure around themselves. But that would be the kind of thing where flavor-wise, a player could, a DM could choose to make that the nature of them within the story if that was beneficial. But it's not necessarily mechanic. Like they're not going to grab your sword and melt it in their hands to stop you from attacking them. Yeah. I could certainly see them causing trouble where. Maybe using their flaming beard or hair to set someone's robes on fire or something smaller like that. Or if, or if one were to be travelling, if it comes across a village, the village having issues because the flaming, human, flaming person who walks into their inn suddenly burned it down by accident because 
It yeah. literally just emits like we need to the, find uh, somewhere else for you to stay. <laughs> exactly. They they can't stay at the local inn made of wood. They have to go and crash it the local cave well i am feeling as hot as a participant of gordon ramsay's kitchen nightmares right now so tell me how (laughs) these hot little guys work in a campaign would you like to go first for adventure pitch i can go first from the hints i gathered yours is quite different from mine so quite possibly so sadly, I couldn't come up with a good pun name for this venture. Oh, mine's very weak as well. Because mine essentially would break down to if I was just labeling it in a campaign along the lines of just like reignition. Yeah. <laughs> the The idea for this would be obviously it could be fun little one shot, or it could slot in really well to a campaign as a means for players to gain some kind of powerful weapons or armor. As we come into our adventure and the player characters are discover a word either through rumor or through a patron who gives some information of a forge in a nearby volcano that is said to be able to craft weapons of great magical power potentially as a means to defeat a great enemy they're dealing with or just because you've got someone who really wants that really cool magical sword out there yeah so this could be a kind of a side mission to power up before something else exactly like if you've got some great dragon it's like well we need a dragon slayer longsword this is where you might be able to go to get the dragon slayer longsword without necessarily going and buying it or building it makes it very easy to slot in exactly right so with that part of the adventure of this would be the journey up the side of the mountain where potentially there is danger from if it's an active volcano lava flows or other flaming creatures you might have stray fire elementals and such this is not the point of this particular exercise so we're not going to go into detail about those but this is just the general <laughs> idea of it unto itself would be a little bit of a journey to get there because it's in the side of a volcano right. the important part is when the players arrive to this great forge built into the volcano they find the doors smashed in and size of a struggle within the forge itself the forge lying inactive and dead searching around the building treating this as it would be more kind of a small like fortress or homestead because the idea being there would have been a number of beings living here beforehand who were using the forge they would find a single Aza, who has been mortally wounded in a way that they cannot repair themselves and okay. might be inactive. Yeah. Because mechanically, one of the interesting things is they don't require food, water, or sleep. So if they were incapacitated, they could lie there for years, potentially unable to right. act themselves, but still be actively uh, existing. Yeah. The players would then discuss, if they negotiated with the Aza, they would try to reignite the forge and fix up the Azer themselves by finding some of the bronze around the place that might be used to reconstruct their body and be able to reignite the forge by like removing debris that may be blocking the lava flow and like soaking the forge allowing for some interesting use of abilities or skill checks depending on the players that you've got involved and the inclination of what it is or even some fun puzzles where it could be like hey the Aza had this series of mechanism, magical mechanisms in place to allow the lava to come in here without destroying the rest of the building. You need to reignite this series of runes in a particular yeah. order to prevent the lava from destroying the structure around you so the players can go off and do these puzzles to reignite the forge and eventually aid in fixing up their Aza friend so that this Aza in gratitude can proceed to build them whatever weapon it may be that you have in mind for your party right okay 
on top of this, what would be good if we're talking about in a larger campaign, this gives you a great, a great way for the players to have a returnable situation to gain magical weapons and armor. Because at that point, it's like, cool, you now have an ally you have aided and know this place where you can create great magical weapons and armor for your players. Go out and get me the materials I need and I can make you grand sets of armor that will keep you safe in your coming combats and potentially helping if part of the story could also be finding out who it was that raided this Aza's forge and potentially killed its companions and helping it to rebuild its home and allies, which then gives you a way for players to earn magic items without going out and necessarily slaying a great beast, but doing continuing to continuing help this, to help this Aza to rebuild its home and rebuild its family, potentially, if you bring it the means by which to yeah. build more Aza. Yeah. Which then gives you a fun, like, ally and recurrent NPC for the players to go back to. And it fits really nicely, because Aza are not necessarily an evil or malicious race, so they're the kind of people who it's like, they would have built a home somewhere in the material plane and gone, hey, I would like to keep my stuff and go about doing my existence and making things, because that's what I like to do. Yeah. But sure. that's my one, is reigniting a forge. Sounds nice. really cute. And what about you, Sean? Well, in a similar vein, of course, thinking about the fact that they are lawful neutral, they're not necessarily evil creatures, but one thing that could cause them to be at odds with common folk or you know, people on the material plane would be the fact that they only speak Ignan, which is the language of fire elementals. Okay. And so I've kind of based my adventure pitch around this kind of misunderstanding, basically, called this Aza Razor. Aza Razor? <laughs> oh, it's sounding sharp already. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and the picture goes like this. So the a group of Aza is messing with a copper mining village. Right, okay. And a party is brought in to get rid of them. Right. Now, the cause of this commotion is that because they don't share a common language with anyone in the town, the f initial confrontation got heated, huh? <laughs> and basically ended with the town fleeing in terror, completely not understanding who these people are. Right. And the Aza taking up residence in the mine. Now, of course, players can always take the combat route. They can fight their way through. And you could take advantage of a couple of the Aza interesting properties here. So I was thinking you'd have things like, because they are partially made of flame, they may have ignited a number of things in the mines where you would be clearing them out. And the ensuing smoke from these small fires would kind of fill the place with lightly obscuring thick smoke that you would also then have to be kind of making checks to resist against poison whereas the Aza themselves don't care about that at all yeah. it'd also make it hard for ranged characters to necessarily sit in a different room or farther up the mines because the smoke would be causing some heavy obstruction of line of sights yeah and, and, and that also draws them into yeah. melee where the Aza shine yeah again uh -huh. um, <laughs> now of course if your players are less inclined to just go in and clear the place out uh, perhaps someone in the party has already heard about Aza knows that they're not necess necessarily malicious then you would have the option to mediate but of course this would require you to have some means of communicating that the village didn't already have access to so maybe someone in the party speaks Ignan, or its parent language, Primordial. Or it could be done by interpretive dance. Interpretive dance is always an option. Oh, amazing. I mean, dancing flames, of course. Yeah. <laughs> Woohoo! There's also obviously a number of spells which allows people to use things such as comprehend languages or yes. 
tongues, which can be spells that are very useful in the right situation, but can sometimes be overlooked, which is nice. And in a in a similar vein to some of the stuff that you were talking about, being able to help your reignited Aza with, uh, the idea here is that this group of Aza have shown up, they're collecting copper, which they can use to make bronze, because they are like the last remnants of a large family or a large clan of Aza, and they're wanting to make more, and they need the materials. So, of course, being great craftsmen, there is definitely a place here where they could come to some kind of arrangement with the village of we will help craft things for you in exchange for materials, etc, etc. They've definitely got lots of things to offer each other. It's just that there's been this breakdown of communication. Yes. And then the, yeah, the party is brought in with a, hey, we'll pay you this much to just kill them and get rid of them. What do you do from there? I like it. That's also really cool kind of like around the four to six level adventure because it allows the players to, if you're going for longer term progression, it allows the players to have develop a relationship with the town. Because if they kill the Azer and then kill the Azer and just clear out the mine, then that town's going to appreciate them because their livelihood's back. Yeah. If you've helped the Azer and brought about things, that that town can flourish in a very different way. Oh yeah. Where obviously now they have these master craftsmen who are using these materials to improve the town, and of course, as we're discussing. They can create magical items for you, and also just in general, this town could gain a lot more prominence within your larger campaign mm. if you're wanting it to be more of a significant. It would become a really interesting little settlement where they've yes. got a bunch of you know regular kind of farmer folk and miners working alongside these elemental beings who have shown up because they needed kind of that refuge. Sounds sounds very exciting. Well, these guys have been great. So now that I've heard a little bit about these. Flame trolls, I'm going to call them. I would definitely. That's a different monster. (laughs) (laughs) Damn it, have I. Spoilers for next episode. That's a dungeon master trolling their players. Oh, no. Yeah. (laughs) Hey, guys, I'm the intern here, right? Okay. So, following, I would have to, given a raid to these little monsters, I'd probably have to give them maybe like, let me think about it. Probably give them like a five volcanoes out of a 6.2 volcanoes today. <laughs> What's point to a volcano? Uh, well, like? I'll leave that up to your interpretation and the viewer's interpretation. What do I mean by 2.5 volcanoes? <laughs> <laughs> and it's completely something different to what I said before. <laughs> Thanks, guys, for tuning in and listening to our podcast today. I do hope that you enjoyed listening to the Azers. Can you correct me if I'm pronouncing that wrong? That's right. Game Masters. Right. With our little flamey trolls. I'm going to call them flamey troll boys. If you enjoyed our podcast today, please feel free to like us on Facebook, Instagram, or TikTok. Facebook, we will have our series uh, being popped up of when we release new episodes. We're now on Spotify, which is super exciting. So thanks for listening. And yeah, have a beautiful day, you beautiful people. Snog.